Welcome back to the Ox Unplugged, where much like jazz, our podcast is the notes that you don't play. I'm Crispy Craft. I'm Mr. Jay Witt. I'm Helia. I'm Mace Hughes. And tonight, our subject is a rather broad one, a very much a subjective one, but one that touches everyone a little bit differently, and that there, of course, I don't think is necessarily one uh, singular opinion on. Uh, but we're talking music. Oh, I thought we were talking the cheese cast, but go on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. We, could, we can't do mm. cheese cast until we, we promised Jay we would do sausage cast before we did the cheese cast. Uh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yes, Muzak. Do we want to just start off by putting everyone's cards on the table and saying what sort of music they like? I, I'm glad you said music you like, because if it was music you hate, I've got like five grenades I could pull pins on right now. Oh, like, I've got my opinions too, but I don't want to. Yeah, we don't We don't want to turn this into I Hate Music podcast. Yeah. Actually, there is yeah. a song called I Hate Music that's pretty great. But Well, that's because there's, there's always somebody. That, there, every music has an audience. And so even if it's stuff that some people distaste and do not care for, there is still an audience for it somewhere. And it, and it means something to someone somewhere. So we don't want to sh- we don't want to completely shit on on any one thing. Yeah, you have to respect that people do like things. As annoying as it is, that's why I'm not going to talk about Nickelback tonight because I know some people probably like Nickelback, and I won't talk about the Beatles. Oh, so my, oh my mother would have heard <laughs> you. <about laughs> yeah, that, but okay. So this is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to fight. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. no, 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 no. I, I get it. I, I get. It. I completely understand why some people, the Beatles, are just not their thing. I get it. They're wrong, but I get it. <laughs> not just five minutes in. This is where it starts. All right. Like, if, if we want to start, Jay, you, you know, where, what is your proclivity? What is, what are the music that you generate, gravitate to? Um. So I have what I consider two different tiers of music. I enjoy fairly what I consider standard reasonable music of like 90s alternative rock, punk, heavy metal, that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I go hard extreme in the other direction. Like right now I'm listening to Fear of Dark as casually. And it is a... Uh, this man sat down and recreated uh, chiptune music for old game systems, and he's just making beautiful music. Uh, I also listen to Vaporwave and Simpson Wave and a little bit of Mall Punk, Mall Soft, depending on how I'm feeling. But Simpson Wave, yeah, Simpson Wave is really good. I think I know what that is, but I'm not 100. percent Please explain Vaporwave uh, and the and we said Simpson Wave. Um, okay, all of the wave genre, it's a subgenre, it's an electronic subgenre, and it is, it is, uh, okay, it's difficult to explain because it's diverged and split into a billion different things, but initially it's a... Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking, Jay. Hold on, I'll, I'll post a video of it. Um... Okay, it's an electronic genre, um, it's a lot, it's very chill, it's relaxing, it's a lot of, using a lot of re- repeating motifs. Like, like like regular ass music, um, but it it is inherently in like based on everything. It is sampling. It is a sampling music genre, and it's for example, there's a lot of like 
commercials that people repeat over and over again. Um, the most famous one is uh, Floral Shop. Uh, yeah, Macintosh plus Floral Shop. So I, I posted a link. Um, I'm I'm guessing that that is Simpson Wave, because I I think I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's Simpson Wave. Then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and I I enjoy me some Simpson Wave. So it so it's kind of like a synthesized type of music where you're using a yeah. lot of sampling to yep. create sound and like okay and I, I and I think that's that's both it, some I've heard you know listen to some of that and I find it both interesting and to me it seems like that's a, that's a natural evolution of a music genre or a style when you consider it's with, sort of with, jazz. With, yeah, it's it's kind of like jazz, but it's but without the traditional instruments, where it's a little bit of this little, you know, interesting. Where it's a, a lot of it's very free form and very yeah. you know creative. Uh, I, yeah. I I can get that. That's can be very interesting. Kind of reminds me of the. Um, are you are you familiar, Jay, with the like the space jazz playlist, like just like space jazz kind of deal? Um, I've seen a little bit of the Soviet wave stuff. That's pretty good, but uh, not not really. Yeah, it's kind of like it's basically mood music that you would hear in Cowboy Bebop. A lot of like a lot of like repetitive like repetition of beats, like really like chill kind of music, you know, that sort of deal. I like I put it on the background when I've been playing games before, so I figure that's kind of like along the same lines of what you're saying. Yeah. Um for me if I'm doing relatively hard work, uh Desert Sands or Soft um or Warm at Night is a really nice just extremely chill album desert sand feels warm at the night by yeah vapor memory and it's a four-hour beast long giant ass horrific monster but oh it's really nice the i i'm so i guess i i just have a one-track brain i can't really do things you know, beyond like just like basic physical activity and listen to music. My brain want it insists on paying attention to the music. So like, mm. I can't read and have music. I can't work and have music. I can't like unless it's just something that's brain dead, like I'm mowing the yard or doing or like washing dishes. Something where it's just very simple, where I'm not having to like think. Uh, otherwise, like if like if I'm trying to go to sleep, I can't sleep if there's music on. My brain will 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 want to stay awake to listen to the lyrics and the music. Um, so I I envy people that can do that because my my poor monkey lizard brain is just so uh, unevolved it won't let me do that. It, so, it's inter interesting you put. Oh, sorry, Jay. If you have a point, go ahead because I'm about to go off on a little bit of a. Yeah, I do. Um, I have for my how I listen to music is. As soon as my brain says, I really like this song, I listen to it 50 times in a row. Yep, I'm the same way. Yep, and then it's yeah, a, very much so. until it like gets ingrained into my brain, and then I start picking up on extra things. When, Haleon, when you were talking about how you have to focus, I don't focus at all until like the 30th time where I go, hang on, something's different. I notice something in the background now. Let me mm -hmm. focus it, like, pay attention to that now. Hmm. I get that. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way with you, Halion, where if I'm trying to read a book or something like that, I can't have music on because again, my brain wants to focus on the music. But I I love listening to music when I'm trying to go to sleep. Especially um the 
music that's very calm and not energetic because that lets my brain know it's like hey let's wind down and let's go to sleep because <laughs> i definitely struggle with getting regular amounts of sleep especially with working night shift but yeah i i love listening to music see i'm uh I, I'll, I'll be honest jay i i feel like a lot of my music taste might be a bit similar if not but if different musicians um yeah i, I listen to a lot of like old school punk and like alternative rock or just regular rock depending on um the artist but i also get into a lot of their surreal shit too like i really like a lot of the synthwave stuff like like gunship carpenter brood that mm, sort of thing god gunship's good oh god gunship is amazing <laughs> yeah have you listened to post rock yet have you tapped into that other genre i have not okay. i'm not familiar with so post rock is using a lot of the same like tropes of rock but uh very low amount of lyrics and incredibly dense on the repeating for example like a common post-rock thing is you'll get four bars of the same like uh uh my brand on music is failing me but it's like a stanza of um of something and then it'll repeat and then it'll add in a new instrument and it'll repeat and then it'll add a new one until it just slowly becomes overwhelming and you just hear this every single element of an incredibly complex piece, and it just is a very calm and relaxing, long-term listening experience. I get in a lot of, like, a bit of, like, the prog stuff. I mean, like, I, I love Rush, if we're going to go, like, old school, but I, I don't know if you guys have heard of the band Elder at all. No. I don't think so. But it, it, it honestly, honestly, that reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about, just, like, it probably I, I don't is. know if it's necessarily stoner metal, because, I mean, that's another thing that I really listen to, but it's very much, like, progressive, like, a rhythmic over a long time. Like, their their songs tend to be longer, but it's it's something that's, like, very instrumental and something that you can really get into listening to, you know? Like, I like that kind of music where it's instrumental, because I, unlike, like, unlike Hellion and you, like, I, I tend to, like, listen to a lot of music, uh, when I'm at work or if I'm drawing and things actually, actually um, this might just be an autism thing, but there's a lot of times where music will help me visualize things that I want to draw or create just like in terms of giving sort of life to it. I mean, it. <laughs> this is going to sound fucking cringe as fuck or weird as fuck, but a lot of the times with music, I tend to almost imagine it like a full, like a, like, I, I'm sure you guys remember, like, those, like, old, like, AMVs and shit they would have, like, animated music videos where it's, like, they have, like, clips from, like, an anime or some shit, and they just have music playing over the back of it. So you mean Naruto and Linkin Park? Oh, God! Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, I hate that I'm agreeing with this, but it's so true! I used to watch that shit all the fucking time! <laughs> it sounds like you're describing MTV. Yeah, yeah and it, you could say if you want to put in a less cringy context, it's very much you like, know, like MTV back deal. when they actually played music videos all day long, back when that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting when you talk about how you you're visualizing stuff. See, that's how my head works. When I'm listening to a song, more often than not, unless I'm really deeply emotionally feeling it at that moment, in which case I'm just you know 
I'm more about singing it and fe and feeling the emotion that it's invoking. Because yeah, I like to sing when I listen to the music. But if it, it, it if it, unless it's that, I'm typically I'm building like a music video in my head when I listen to it. Like yeah. I have an I have an entire rock, hard metal rock opera, to Metallica's one album. Like uh, in my head, and I listened to that so many times as a kid, even now, that I eventually built up in my head, kind of like Pink Floyd's The Wall, this this movie that went along with the soundtrack of that particular album. I, I get exactly what you mean. Yep, I do the exact same thing. Like I try to, like when I'm listening to new music that I've never listened to before, I try to visualize in my head like a good scenario or like what you said, a music video to it. And there are sometimes I listen to it multiple times to try and figure out what I would see as the right scenario that, that would fit it the best. And I, um, I really want technology to advance so that you can have a device where you can show things like that. Like that, that would be really, really cool. At least to me, honestly, like a, like where you could create like an actual visual component of what your sweet. brain was imagining when you're listening to it. Oh yeah, that yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, and and, and I said Metallica one, I meant and Justice for All. Metallica one yeah. was a song, I meant and Justice for All was the album. I got my old man. No, it's okay. I, everyone who knows Metallica understood. Okay, but yeah, I'm I'm the exact same way. Yeah, I listen to a lot of meme material stuff in terms of music. Like, I w I would be remiss if I didn't bring up like Klaus Nomi, for example. If you guys want to get into some weird ass fucking music, mm -hmm. it's like this like German guy from like the seventies. That I mean, as soon as I post it, you'll kind of get why I think it's fucking. Um, all of my meme songs are are of the modern day. It's Sylvia Gunner. They uh, it is a whole community thing um including where there's just a team of people making um electronic mashups of different songs uh include like there they are absolute shit posts of songs but you do get like occasionally really brilliant stuff uh the one that my significant another and i we really fucking love is uh yoshi commits tax fraud <laughs> where it's yoshi through a text-to-speech rapping about how he commits tax fraud oh oh my god okay if, if we're talking like uh, characters and text-to-speech and ai and shit i i'm gonna say this plankton does way too good of a job covering tool songs there's yeah. things really that I've listened yeah to. I, I yep. this. something about that voice actor and the the tenor of his voice it really syncs up well with Maynard James's voice. It really does. Huh? I'll post. I'll post one in, in chat because people need to hear this because it's it. Yeah. It works way too well. It's 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 honestly. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It is. Also, shout out to Tool because they're pretty fucking great. Tool is really good. I, for a while, I was sitting there being like, "Ugh, I don't want to listen to Tool. That's like a popular thing." No, they're really fucking good. They're popular. They're they're not what they're not a trendy band. They're popular Weird for a fucking videos. reason. Oh my god. 
Okay, I, 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 okay. Story time with Crispy here, and oh, gather up, little ones. Let's let's get around the yep. fire. Uncle Crispy's <laughs> gonna tell us a story. We we might need to cut this depending on if we want to reference drug use or not. <laughs> but the, the second it was like the second time I ever smoked weed. My my friend and I bananas. watched the, the second news. time you ever smoked bananas. Yeah, the next the second time I had a banana in my life. Uh, my friend and I watched Tools, the pot music video. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things that just kind of oh. broke my brain for a little bit because I was just, it was so surreal. That you could just stop at Tool music video because so surreal yeah. pretty much explains all of them. I showed my kids one time uh, the video to Ride in Two, uh, which if you've never if you've never seen it, it's intense. I tend not to listen to music videos. I am just all in on the music specifically. When you guys were talking about how you guys have like writing like movies and shit in the and i'm like i got nothing i just listen to the music like yeah that's fine that's perfectly fine that's so fine. a music video doesn't do anything for me it's really yeah. annoying for people well see i am geared towards that it, 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 my you know i i have at a minimum 15 to 20 years on everyone by and large that we've had on this podcast so my experience in with music is different like i remember when as a kid we had a record player and an eight track player that mm-hmm. was it, uh, that was all connected to the hi-fi that's what we had i remember when oh, my man. parents got the hi-fi system that had the record player and the dual cassette players you know i remember when music went from lp to eight track to cassette to when cd's came out to to when mp3 players were a huge thing to and now that everyone and then everyone had to have an ipod everyone had to have uh, an iTunes and now everything most people just stream it from an app or a service. So I've I've seen all that difference and change. But but MTV music videos that was a huge thing growing up. Mm-hmm. You know I've I, because as a kid, for me, we still got ninety percent of our music was the radio, and if it wasn't the radio, it was MTV. And you didn't you just you'd have to sit around and wait for whatever cool song that you wanted to come on. But if you wanted to hear that song and you, you know, were young enough that you either your parents wouldn't like <laughs> the stuff I was listening to and my very conservative parents were not going to go buy it for me. Uh, and I didn't have the funds to get it myself. So I would just sit around with my little uh, General Electric cassette, boom, mini cassette boombox. And when it came on the song that I liked came on the radio, I'd record it. Same thing with MTV. When there was a song, a music video that came on that I love, I recorded it. And I would make these kind of like mini mixtapes of like these bootleg things. That was my first experience of having any kind of agency over the music that I liked. Um, so it was, it was different. That's, I was geared towards that. And then about five or six years ago, I decided to sit down and start going through all the weird and interesting music videos on YouTube from my, from my youth, the ones that really captured my imagination. And some of them my kids just thought were dumb, but some of them they were just laughing so hard because they were so cringy and so terrible. Uh, they thought it was hilarious that we thought these were the most amazing things back in the day. Uh, speaking of which, Crispy, you said you like old school? Yeah. Define old school. Because I think you're I'm talking I'm talking I'm not talking like 90s or pop punk. I'm talking about like 
70s 80s we're talking like old school original punk like, like dead kennedys we're talking dead kennedys we're talking like the damned we're talking sex pistols we're talking like that that level of shit that's, okay. that's a lot of the punk that i really get into i mean granted i also get into shit like rage against the machine because rage is the fucking best but right well we're unfortunately <laughs> yeah um okay because because again i have to think you, my definition of old school and y'all's definition of old school may it may be slightly different. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, just a bit. So, Maze, what kind of music are you into? Ah, oh, man, um, I I listen to a lot of different genres. Like, um, I listen to a lot of electronic music, like um, vaporwave, synthwave, um, a little bit of dubstep here and there. I used to be into that a lot more back when I was in college, like. <laughs> dubstep I, feels like one of those things that is only good in a club. Like that's the peak. I I remember, like like Skrillex and shit when when they started because because I was a freshman when like Skrillex and all that started becoming really taking off. Dead Mouse oh, is yeah. so fucking like, good. Mm. Oh, Dead Mouse is is. Great. I think dubstep like, can be fun if you're in the car, and especially if you've got like a good sound system. And you're just kind of, you're feeling it and it's, you know, you're just, you know, yeah, yeah you know, just, you know, just kind of like having a good time driving. I think it can be enjoyable that way. I, I've, oh I've yeah enjoy, I have dabbled in the dub. I've dabbled in the dub. I remember back when I was in college, me and a few of my buddies uh, scrounged up the money to go see uh, Excision in concert, which is um, dubstep and... Um, I don't want to say hardcore, but um, it's it's a lot of uh, like dubstep themes, and they had uh, at the concert uh, 150,000 watts of bass. I could literally feel it in my chest. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And it it was the first time I'd ever done something like that. Has ever been to a concert like that before? And it was amazing. I loved it. And they had it at the uh, at the Fillmore down in uh, downtown Detroit. And they had two levels to the seating, and we were up on the top level. And at the end of the concert, it felt like the uh, the whole top level was uh, you could feel the the level moving around. And I was like, uh, is this gonna snap off and kill everybody on the bottom? Like, but it it was amazing. I I loved it. It was such an experience. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up live music. Because I think I have a very unpopular opinion in that I don't like live music. I don't, I mean, I get why it is. I get why people enjoy it. I get the, the communal experience of, you know, being at a concert and like everybody vibing and, and like enjoying it and getting in on the, the, you know, the shared emotion of it. I completely get all that. I'm simple. I, I like the song the way it comes, you know, the way it was released on you know in whatever way that i'm you know listening to it that's how i want to hear it i don't want to hear some alternate version where you change the lyrics i don't want to hear some mixed up version where you've done this i don't want to hear some version of it where now it's been 10 15 years and your voice isn't the same and you've had to change out some of the artists in the band so now it's not quite the same i don't want that i i prefer the original experience so i don't really do the concert thing that's just not me that and i don't like large gatherings of people but i i I completely get why people do that's just live music is not my thing yeah i I don't blame you and 
depending on what band you're talking about, the live stuff sounds worse than their recorded stuff because yeah, you have all different kinds of stuff. Like in the recording booth, they can um, up and down the pitch very easily. I don't know how easy that is at a live concert. So it's uh, not. You can't. That's the point, right? Exactly. But yeah, yeah my ex-wife, when we were first dating, uh, surprised me with tickets to go see Aerosmith. They put on a hell of a show. I mean, I got to say, I mean, Steven Tyler was an old man. He was working it on stage. But the acoustics of where we were, like we didn't have terrible seats. They weren't complete nosebeats, but they weren't bad. But the acoustics of the arena that we were in were god awful. And it just, it ruined the whole experience because although I knew the music, I knew the words because I knew all the songs, most of the, well, no, I knew all the songs, <laughs> but I just, I, you know, I couldn't really hear the vocals clearly and it kind of just completely ruined the whole experience for me. Um, yeah. But that being said, I've heard there's, you know, I've talked to people that have been to other concerts or performances where it was incredible. Um, it's just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. And it's like um I the the last band I saw live was one of my favorites, uh, Clutch. And before I had gone to see them, I, I know somebody had told me that the that when they saw them, they weren't like the most like I guess it was towards the end of the tour, so they weren't the most high energy. So I was a bit mm -hmm. nervous going to see them live, but I, I will say it was when I actually got to see them live it was a vastly different experience. It was a fantastic time. Honestly, that was like Oh yeah. I, I've only gone to a handful of concerts in my life, but that definitely set the bar for experiences because it was a fantastic concert. The last concert I bought tickets to was there is a uh, a duo that my wife had turned me on to um, that I really got into, and they're they're not huge. They're not they they do kind of a indie. Uh, bluegrass slash neo-folk type music. Um, and so they're not like big time. Like, you know, they, they do more like small clubs and, and you know, multi-band concert type things. But they were coming to my hometown. And so I was like, well, shit, yeah, I'm going to buy tickets and I'm going to go see them. So uh, I bought my tickets and that was in December of mm -hmm. 2019 as a Christmas present to myself, and the, and the concert oh. was supposed to be in March of 2020. Oh. So obviously, oh. you, can guess, so you can guess what happened there. Uh, everything got canceled, and essentially after like two years, they essentially said, yeah, we're, here's a refund. We just don't know when, when or if we'll ever get this rescheduled. So it's just like, well, shit. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's got to suck. Eh, it was all right. Well, it's what's weird is over the pandemic, they did do a couple of like live streams of their personal YouTube channel, and then like which were awesome and I enjoyed them. But then like in the, in the last one, they're like, "Oh yeah, we've decided that uh, we're no longer going to go by our old name. We've decided to we want to start doing to grow as artists, so we're changing our name." Oh mm. God! So which is fine. It's the, it's their thing, but um, they so. For years, they were known as Mandolin Orange because one of the guys 
who in the the duo, it's a husband and wife actually. Um, he he plays a mandolin in a lot of their music, but they decided they want to grow and change. So now they're Watch House, and they're still great, still great. Can't recommend them. Yeah. It's like the artist formerly known as Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how people dunk. Like that was basically just people dunking on him, being like, "Oh, you're you're not going about that anymore." Wow. Let's just fix that a little bit. There we go. That was a whole thing. That was all about him doing what he anything he could do to get out of his contract that he had. I think it was with Sony. That was all about that. He was everything he was doing was to try to get out of his contract because he had to put out like one or two more albums before he could be free of that contract. That's like he, like he showed up on like that, it was during that time that he showed up on uh perform on Saturday Night Live and he had slave written across his forehead and stuff oh, like that. Geez. That was just like it was all about that. Like okay, fine. You basically they owned the trademark to him to produce music as Prince. But if he's not producing music as Prince, okay, that's really clever then. I thought it was sort of like being shitty. Oh no, oh, never mind. I'm Modern problems require modern shit. Though. Yeah, <laughs> like that, it was all. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but that's that, yeah. that. That had a lot to do that whole period because it was shortly after that contract, you know, terminated and was done that he reverted and went and went back to being called Prince again. Okay. So I'm sorry I interrupted all uh, everything you were talking about, Maze. I apologize. Did you finish talking about your music? It's it's fine. Um, I I. I also listen to um, rock music, like a little bit of heavy metal, a little bit of um, d- different other things. One one thing that I definitely love listening to, no matter when I'm listening to it, is Sabaton, because I am such a nerd for military history. I love listening to their stuff, and I originally was turned on to their music uh, back in 2019, when I was doing a um, uh, a side gig for uh, Blake's Apple Orchard, and I'm just um, going around on the internet, and I hear this song, I was like, "Huh, I don't know what this is." And uh, it was Bismarck by Sabaton, and I immediately fell in love. It was like, "Yep, I could listen to this forever." And <laughs> There's no small uh, part of that because I did a book report on the Bismarck back in um, back in high school, and <laughs> I still have the book that I actually based everything uh, in my report uh, on there. But I I love their music, and that's also the kind of thing that I love to listen to because I can visualize what the lyrics are talking about, and I can do it in such a great detail. It's kind of scary sometimes but i i love listening to that kind of music it is it just speaks to me in a way that i very much enjoy interesting sometimes how you come across music most of my music is from uh youtube algorithms honestly two of my favorite bands i've discovered both of them thanks to to video game trailers first was um clutch with uh the the first time I heard one of their songs was a trailer for Left for Dead Two, and another band that I liked was after I discovered Battlefield Bad Company Two. They had a trailer uh, for it with this song by a little band called Queens of the Stone Age, and that's how I ended up getting into them. And they are honestly one of, if not my favorite. You know, it's funny that you talk about video games. 
one of the first things I do when I install a new game is if it's an option is to turn the music all the way down. Yep. Really? Yeah, I do. Yep, I do the same thing. I don't mind intro music. Intro music is fine, but the music while I'm playing the game, it's too distracting. I want to pay attention to the sounds and of the game. Um, that being said, some of the some of the greatest intro music uh, that I've ever heard was in Hairbrain Screams Battletech game. Fantastic soundtrack uh, to oh, that yeah. game. The, the intro music, like the, just the beginning, even the the main menu music is is really good. Well, if we're talking video game soundtracks, I mean, I I would be remiss if I mentioned Halo because that is honestly the sound game soundtrack that stuck with me the most and defined a lot of my childhood in terms of like inspiration and things for ideas. Because the the soundtrack for Halo, I would say, is one of the best examples of a video game soundtrack. Not Mario. Okay. Dun 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 I never had anything Nintendo related until oh, okay. I moved in with my fiance and she bought a Switch. I my first console was the original Xbox, and we got oh, Halo yeah. Two mm-hmm. for that. And that and Halo once honestly the, the whole original trilogy of Halo as actually any of the bungee Halo games all had fantastic soundtracks that I still listen to today. I I, I ironically have them on my playlist because of how good they are. Whenever I think of the uh, the Halo theme music, I just think of that uh, video where it's like 80 guys in a, uh, a high school bathroom just vocalizing the whole thing. <laughs> that They did a very good job at that, honestly. But great show. Yeah, the, the Gregorian chant of Halo is very distinct. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gregorian chant. There's a, that was a whole genre thing that was a, that was a big thing for a very short while in the 90s. I was too young for that one. I've only heard whispers of it. I do remember one of my one of the guys I was in marching band with says like, "Oh yeah, that's the best music to make love to is Gregorian chant." It's like I don't know about uh, that. <laughs> All right, if you're okay, old enough man. to remember when the Gregorian chant thing was, was a thing back in the in the nineties, then you were also probably there was like this this there were three CDs that everyone every nineties kid had to have. Okay. You had to have added up by the Violent Femmes. You had to have, I think it was Watermark by Enya. Fucking Enya. <laughs> and, you, and you had to own Everyone Else is Doing It, So We Should Too by the Cranberries. I think that was the name of the time, something like that. But like, like those were like the three like 90s things that pretty much everyone across the board had kicking around in their car or somewhere. Um, which, which leads me in, in, into... I guess showing my age a little bit, but you know, for me, my music, the stuff that I listen to, my wife is a music aficionado. She is, she is uh, snob is not the right word. She is very specific taste. She has to, it has to be good music as in, as in like well-played, you know, orchestrated type music of whatever the genre or type it has to be good music, well-played. It has to have, nice or really for her it's more interesting vocals so you could be like a really good singer or you're maybe a good singer but you have an interesting voice and Mm -hmm. also the lyrics have to mean something they have to move her they have to have meaning to their to their well-written lyrics you know she show all the music she likes is complete you know a complete package so in all of her love and affection 
she very early on told me that I have terrible taste in music. <laughs> because I am not that. I do not need lyrics that make a lot of sense. I love Tom Petty. Love Tom. Well, rest in peace, Tom. But I have so much Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on my in my iTunes. But some of his lyrics don't make any damn sense. I think he's just rhyming words. But I still love music. I mean, music. have you listened to the gorillas? Like, yes. oh, my God. My kid really loves the gorillas, my youngest. But so for me, it's not about, it doesn't have to have great lyrics. I love it when they do. And there are many, many songs where the lyrics really move me. They mean a lot to me. But I don't need that. It could be just fun to sing. If it's a song, if the song is just fun to sing, I don't care if it makes any sense. I don't care if it's well played. Um, if it's got a really good hook, if it's got a nice uh, beat or, uh, you know, an interesting guitar riff, something. For me, it's just... Does it? Am I? Do I enjoy listening to it? Does it make me feel good? Does it evoke a, an emotion? So, my music is incredibly eclectic. You can go in my iTunes and you're going to find just wild variety of stuff. I have tons. I've got Sinatra, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Metallica. Um, I I've got some Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Uh, by the way, you have not. I have this very vivid memory of when my kids were all between elementary and late middle school and were all driving to church one Sunday, blasting Snoop Dogg at, and, out, and all of us singing unedited at the top of our lungs. That was a great memory. Um, <laughs> but, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but just, so I've also got a lot of, you know, when I grew up, my parents grew up listening to country music. That's what they were exposed to. So the soundtrack of my youth was the local radio station that I grew up, little FM uh, country music station that I grew up uh, listening to. And it was always on. So it was those late 70s and early to mid 80s country music songs. That's just, it's, you know, I don't listen to country music. I'm not a big country music fan. But so many of those songs were what I was exposed to as a kid that I do have an affection and an affinity for many of those artists and songs because that's just, it's a memory for me. There's, there's an affection for it. Uh, yeah. I have an album. My, my parents talked about in the 70s, there was a country artist called Tom T. Hall, and he would put out these catchy little short songs uh, that were very, you know, pretty successful. And... Apparently, they played them on the radio a lot, and there was one particular silly song that when I was like about five or six, I guess I really loved, called Sneaky Snake, that he put out. Uh. And so eventually, so they went and bought like his greatest hits on cassette. And, and up until a while, I still had the cassette. Like, I've got his Tom T. Hall's greatest hits, most of which came out when I was just a baby or very young. And it's not my kind of typical kind of music, but I have such an affection for it because of, of what it meant to me as a little kid. And that's kind of mm -hmm. how I am. Um, I've just got such a wide variety of weird stuff, uh, you know, on my, because it's about, for me, music is about the emotion of it. It's about how does it move me? And it doesn't have to be like an emotional movement. Maybe it just makes me, lifts me up. You know, maybe it just makes me want to get excited or feel good. Uh, and, or maybe it's the exact opposite. I, I literally have a playlist in my iTunes called Songs to Cry To. And it's nothing but songs that literally 
pretty much every time without fail will bring me to tears because sometimes you just want to feel something real. Um, but, but that's how I enjoy my music. It's terrible. I have awful taste in music and I have inflicted my children with my music for many, many years. Fortunately, for the most part, they have grown beyond that to the point where <laughs> they've like, been desensitized. Of, well, like one of my, <laughs> one of my oldest, um, she'll text me all the time. It's like, Hey, I heard this song or I heard this artist and this sounds like something I think you'd like. And she'll recommend stuff to me. Even my youngest kid was playing like when we get in the car, I'll let them sometimes, you know, all right, you can Bluetooth, Bluetooth to your phone and play music. And sometimes they've had music that they're playing like, Hey, I kind of like that. And so I'll, you know, st- take some of their music. Most of the time, not because their music is awful. And I've reached the age where <laughs> I don't listen to new music because I'm, I don't understand it, and it's and I don't recognize any of these people, and it scares me. Uh, it's different. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm completely out of touch with anything new music wise. Like in that I episode totally. of Mandalorian, where like the artist Lizzo shows up, I had no idea who that was. I was just who? like, okay, I Lizzo. Don't know them either there was an episode yeah, of the latest either. season of Mandalorian where Lizzo shows up uh, with Jack Black in an episode. And I'm like, I know that's Jack Black. I know that's somebody, but I have no idea who that is. And it wasn't until listening to stuff later. But it's just like, I have no idea what, what current music is, who's popular, what's on the, I know, I get, nobody listens to the radio anymore. So, but yeah. Would that, you say that video killed the radio star? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Pretty much. And then they did a follow-up that was something like uh, YouTube killed the uh, video star. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but I've I've gotten a lot of stuff from uh, from YouTube too, Jay. Like I have found a lot of stuff, like a, a lot of synthwave, to be honest, uh, yeah. that have been recommended to me that I've really been, and that's kind of been my my new thing lately. There, people just put out really good shit randomly, and you go, and it's a bit of a like, it's sort of like a fall of like after the music industry has sort of not how to stranglehold on people. You just get yeah. really good shit constantly. You just gotta oh, yeah. look for it a little bit. That goes back to what I was talking about, how it's, it's how we consume music has changed so much. Because it used to be you were only exposed really to the radio. Maybe if you and some friends bought some records and you traded them back and forth, but it was just going to be on the, what was on the radio. So you were beholden to whatever that DJ or somebody was going was gonna to play. And then over the years, that began to change, that began to evolve. And now you began to get stations that were more geared towards very specific genres, so you could start narrowing your taste. But there was still that, uh, like I said, that gatekeeper, the, the studios and the radios and the, you know, whoever the programmers, they had, they were a gatekeeper to it. Yeah. Which did actually give you good stuff. Yeah, um, you, you still did. But yeah. now, like you said, it's open. If you're a yeah. musician and you don't have a, and you have, you know, some music you want to put out there, but you don't have a, you don't have to rely on a studio. You don't have to get signed by a label or to get on the radio. You can just put it out there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you art will find its audience, it just will. And so it's it's been an incredibly, you know, the Internet in that way has been a really good way of of sharing and allowing more artists to get out there and to sh- and to share and express themselves. I should fart around on Bandcamp more. That's what I'm learning, because Bandcamp is really good for just 
oh, let me just pay for this music and give them some money and call it a day, download a thousand things. But they do have, they've got their algorithms. I, I found a lot of artists do just certain apps like Pandora for one. They, they'll do a lot of shuffling and people are always complaining like, oh, they'll play one of the song of the band that you like and then they'll play all this other stuff like yeah that's the point like yeah. i use it to discover yeah. new artists i i've done i've discovered a lot of different songs and artists that i like through pandora uh matter of fact i was uh, maestro and i were talking the other day and i was like we were sharing music it's weird i would never have thought that that uh a guy in germany and i would both have an affinity could have a shared affinity for bluegrass music uh Ooh, <laughs> yeah but but what's interesting is there's there's a group that I never would have, uh, a duo actually, that I never would have found if not for Pandora that got recommended to me because of my watching uh, watch Mandolin R and slash Watch House. I had a playlist for them uh, called First Aid Kit is the name of the group. And it is two sisters who have really good harmony. And they sing this kind of country, they sound like they're kind of singing like a like modern country music, but it's a little bit like an alternative country. But they're they're Swedish, huh. but huh. but they sound like they should be on like modern country music. Like it's really interesting. But the the one the one thing I, problem I do have with Pandora is that inevitably whatever channel I try to create that I'm trying to gear the music towards that it all ends up kind of melding into the same thing eventually where it's like all the same artists yeah. that I like, you know. Yeah, like I've, got... I've, I've been there too. Yeah. Yep. But for free, I mean, it's I, I've discovered a lot of great music through there. Absolutely. So, I had an idea. Oh boy. Okay. Oh. So, I asked everybody. Just this could be this could be funny. This could be dumb. We this could be something we end up cutting entirely. But my idea was we all pull out our uh, our phone or our app or whatever, whatever it is that we generally listen to music for, and we're not going to play any audio. But the idea is, let's see what kind of things pop up if we just hit shuffle. What's the first three things that pop up on your and your thing? Um, what on the playlist? Yeah. I don't listen oh. to stuff from my phone that much, which is where all of my my stuff is. So this will take me a minute to prepare because I don't know. If yeah, I, I usually listen to music on my phone too. Uh-huh. It's through yeah. Pandora, so yeah. I, I, I'm still an old man, so I download my music through iTunes. I generally listen to music through my iTunes unless I'm using, you know, like YouTube Music or Pandora right. or something. All right, you ready for it? Yep. Uh, Long Way Home by The Offspring. Okay, interesting. Uh, next is Dear Lover by Social Distortion. Never heard of them. And then Half Truism by The Offspring. Didn't get any of my electronic stuff. But yeah, hmm. okay, yeah, mostly just punk stuff. Well, I did shuffle on my Pandora stations. Um, first one that came up is "Less I Know the Better" by Tame Impala. Uh, next is "Run Like Hell" by Pink Floyd. Excellent from and the wall. After that is "Stars and Satellites" by The Birthday Massacre. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> weird accumulation there. Yeah, that that last one was a bit out of left field, but. Oh, social distortion I got mostly from my dad. Like, that's straight up his musical taste, and I'm like, fuck yeah. It's I like your dad. I've <laughs> never met him, but I like it. Yeah. Well, speaking for the dads out there, we appreciate it. 
So for me, if I hit shuffle, first thing comes up is Flapper Girl by the Lumineers. You can thank my wife for that. Oh, my God. It's another 90s one. Uh, God Shuffled His Feet by the Crash Test Dummies. Uh, okay, here's one that goes back. Uh, if You Could Read My Mind by Gordon Lightfoot. There's the only Gordon Lightfoot song is the big one. That's the only one I've listened to. That's the only one that I need. And I know that's bad, but also, I really love The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Also, it's Michigan. Yep. And I can't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like your national anthem. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> so, Maze, do you got anything that comes up? All right. Um, here, let's see. All right. I got Hero by Pegboard Nerds, which is... I thought uh, you were going to say Nickelback. I was about to shoot a point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, okay, I'll be perfectly honest. There is, I think, one song that I am okay with from Nickelback. Um, oh, what is it? Tell me it's Look at This Photograph. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I, yeah, I actually don't hate this photograph. Yeah, like, the music video is dumb, but also I don't watch music videos, so I don't care. Eh, yeah, like I, I do have a couple of Nickelback songs on my iTunes. I have to admit, uh, uh, played the fifth. <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Next one is "Hold the Line" by Avicii, which rip. So, um, that that one I really do like because that was from one of his albums after he died. And oh. the last one is. Power Wolf, uh, Sanctified with Dynamite, because... Oh, that yeah, song. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, Power Wolf is kind of interesting, where it's like, oh, we're, um, like, we're uh, putting ourselves up as, like, uh, like, Christian rock, or, like, Christian power metal. It's like, all right, I can kind of get with this. But, yeah. Yeah, I listen to some weird stuff. It's really about what it means to you. You know, and so it doesn't matter. Everybody has something that speaks to them. And there's, there, you know, there's a reason we, everybody shits on Nickelback, but there's a reason why they've been around for as long as they have. And the reason why that they sold as many albums they has, because they were just people that liked it. You might not be for everybody, but music is something that is inherently, can, or at least can be something inherently personal to everyone where it just hits them a certain way. It's like I said with my playlist, you know, songs to cry to. There are certain songs on there that may not, to some people, may not necessarily be sad songs, but the subject matter or the the things about it that that make me feel personally, lend me, you know, take me down that road. So, you know, which is again, which is why I like music the way I like, is because it's just about how it feels. Sometimes I just want to, you know, I just want to feel up. Sometimes I just want to, you know, hear some some slamming loud music and some drums. And, you know, and sometimes I want to hear something that's just kind of light and relaxing. Uh, so I, I think it's really about with music. It is really competing. It comes down to the to your personal choice. You know, Tink, what kind of we should ask Tink, what kind of music does she like? Uh, she prefers the, uh, I think it's um, screen therapy. She likes listening to that a lot. See, I tried my my cat. I tried playing for him, like uh, bird sounds and stuff. Couldn't care less. No, did not care at all. Nope. Doesn't pay attention to anything. Can't say yogurt responds well to uh, to music. Um, 
she's more into cardboard than music. So, what about Chester? What is uh, what is the the Doge like there, Maze? Um, I honestly don't know. We don't really play a lot of music for him. I honestly, I would feel that he'd just be okay with anything, really. Maybe not the eighteen twelve. That's overture. a fair bet. Dogs are usually pretty nonchalant with shit. I I don't know. He'd probably like the eighteen twelve overture. I mean, I'm partial to it. I really like it. I okay. One of the things that I love for music is when people take it and just go, okay, let's make this into a complete joke. Yoshi commits tax fraud. We gotta lean back. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or um, oh, what was it? Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Damn it. A, but there, there are songs where, uh, oh, <laughs> The Long Danube, where you take a song and just stretch it. Like, oh, that is so good. You just call stretch a song? What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, if you just take a song, you make it three, four times as long, suddenly it, like, it doesn't make any sense at all. And but, you can really ba- but you can still kind of make out the song that it's of. Yeah, that's a vaporwave. When you talk about taking songs and changing them, I have always thought that there are, I love it when somebody takes a song and then redoes it, you know, earnestly, but completely redoes it in an entirely different genre. Like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, the genre that it's made in. And one of my favorite examples of that is there's this pseudo country bluegrass, whatever group called the Gourds that did a bluegrass remake of Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg. Like, it's a full-on bluegrass remake of um, that. If you want even stupider, do you know the DK rap? Oh, my God. Donkey <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kong rap, yes. Um, someone actually managed Donkey to remix Kong. that into uh, Rap God. Where it's, oh, okay. I have to hear this. I'm looking this up. Right, that so has to be a link. Yeah. Put it out for later. To hear that. Uh, if, if we're going off of more music like this, um, are you guys familiar with Dread Zeppelin? Yes. I am not. That that's Dread Zeppelin. Hilarious. Dread Zeppelin is a band that does covers of Led Zeppelin, but it's reggae music, oh, no. and mm-hmm. their lead singer is mm-hmm. an Elvis impersonator. It's and really it, good. It is really good. It is legitimately good. That sounds hilarious. Their, their no, cover okay. of your, uh, I'm not even bullshitting. Their cover of Your Time Is Gonna Come by Led Zeppelin. And I like it more than the original. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually, I like it more than Led Zeppelin's version. <laughs> and I think actually Robert Plant liked it, their own version. So... Well, there there does come a time now and then where somebody covers a song so well that it becomes the definitive version, not the original. Yeah, like um, it's like all along the Watchtower. It, it was not originally recorded by Jimi Hendrix. I forget who originally did it, but I believe that guy said it's Jimmy's song now because of how popular that cover was. Because that as soon as you think all along the Watchtower, that's what you think. The the two that I think of the most when I think of a cover that surpassed the original is um, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, which, was, of course, was originally written and recorded by Dolly Parton, and Hurt, when mm. Johnny Cash covered Hurt. Yeah. Trent Reznor just like, that's not my song anymore. It was so, such a good yeah. song, too. Speaking of covers, 
is everyone here well present company most of it most of it most of you it came out before or shortly after you were born but who here is familiar with heart-shaped box by nirvana yeah are we that old oh my god yeah i have always thought that would make a great country song like you get it recorded with some guy who just has like a real high twang in his voice you know and he's He's like, I've been locked inside her heart-shaped box <laughs> for weeks. Uh, I'm just telling you, if you hear, go back and try to listen to that song, and imagine someone in a country as in a country song. It totally works. There. Oh, I I remembered what I wanted to show. Um, there is a song called "Through the Tables and the Memes," a visual experience. I I will try and find the link to share it. It is a fucking trip. It's basically a um, a collage of all of the memes from the 2010s put to the tune of uh, Through the Fire and the Flames. It is amazing. I love it. <laughs> Somebody mixed a version of Through the Fire and the Flames with the Thomas the Tank Engine theme song. <laughs> 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 That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, you know, there comes a... I like how the, with the internet, you've got so many creative people out there, how you can do stuff like that. You can just take covers of songs or mashups of songs. Some people do really interesting mashups where you take two entirely different songs and mash them into one with like alternating lyrics and maybe one, you know, mashing up the, the music really and stuff. You should really listen to the Sylvia Gunner stuff. Like seriously, like that is mashup stuff. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the DK rap was made by them, by that team. There you go, Maze. There's there's the crossover. Nobody asked for, but we have it. Okay, I need to watch that. Yep. Sometimes <laughs> it's it's not about what you asked for, it's what you're given. Yep. And of course, I think do we have any final thoughts because we are hitting the hour mark? I was gonna say, damn, we've been going for a yeah. while. It feels like it's been no time whatsoever. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Yep. Or sh shit posting. Yeah, um, that too. Let me also. I forgot the name of a. Does Does anybody have a a name of any of one particular maybe l not lesser known artist or group that you would like to you know kind of promote? Let people um, know about. I think more people need to be aware of the artistic integrity of Ram Ranch. We're not. Uh, no. We're, no. No. Oh. I refuse. We're not talking about that. Oh my god. Gotcha. I was you know, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I I was I was thinking like earlier, I was like, I wonder if we're gonna talk about Ram Ranch this episode. <laughs> and here it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had an answer, but I've just been flashbanged with Ram Ranch, so I don't even That's know. That's really the best response. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's oh man. Me. So, uh, for me, uh, since I already brought him up, I'm going to go ahead and, and, again, promote Watch House, formerly known as Mandolin Orange. If if you like kind of a indie alternative, not 
not country, but kind of a bluegrassy type, you know, folksy type music um, with fantastic lyrics and really good musicians. Um, it is really good. The, they've got a bunch of different albums out and some of their songs really, some of them are just fun, but in particular, uh, some of them are very emotional. One of my favorite particulars is one called A Waltz About Whiskey. The, the final, the final uh, phrase uh, or lyrics of that particular song is, uh, it's about a guy basically whose wife left him, and so he just spends all of his night drinking at the bar. And uh, he says, uh, you know, she sat down beside me and she cried, love was a ring that won't end, but I was handed a lie. And now the only thing that I know of a ring is the circle that my glass leaves behind. Wow. Except he says it way more soulfully and like heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, I, that's, man, my answers are like way less emotionally heavy in comparison. <laughs> oh, man. Um, honestly, I, if I was going to suggest music for people to look up, it would be a lot of old punk bands from the 70s and 80s, like Dead Kennedys, The Damned. Um, Death. Death. I was, I'm literally listening to Death is great. I'm actually listening to them right now. Yeah, go find the documentary, A Band Called Death. Yes. Uh, Some 41 is also... Freaking Out is a great song. Yeah, I think we've we've talked about, Crispy and I have talked about how Some 41 is amazing. I, I, I feel Yeah, because like I've mentioned that they, they uh, broke up like a year ago or so. And you... We were definitely talking about that. Yeah. yeah. God, they're good. Yeah, it was definitely one of the bands I remember listening to when I was a high schooler. Yeah. Most of my bands aren't breaking up. A lot of them are, and the, the artists that I grew up loving are all dying. Technically, that's breaking up. In a way. I just wanted to say that Iron Maiden still fucking kicks ass, and I do love them still. God, God good. Yes. Okay, as a kid who grew up in the 80s, was never a Maiden fan. Really? Oh. Yeah. It was just Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, those were not my oh, bands. Oh, no, they... Uh, for me, it's just Iron Maiden, but like, uh, and I do enjoy some Megadeth. Megadeth is still solid. Not me either. It's weird. Really? Like, it just wasn't my thing. Like I was, you know, I enjoyed Guns N' Roses, lo fucking loved Metallica. Um, but it was a few, it was really a few more of the hair metal, uh, the hair bands that, that kind of yeah. did my thing, you know? I can see that. But that, and I didn't really have a lot of friends that were like big time metalheads and stuff, yeah. so. I know they're great. It just wasn't my thing. Any final thoughts then? Otherwise, we can call it. All right. Hamburger. Goodbye, everybody. Those guys ramble a lot. They should do a podcast. Yeah, well, pulling up the wall files. <laughs>